0: The Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Slap in. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time gets down, the lightning with the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of For Future Considerations, your favorite podcast, episode 30, another milestone for us, and John's age in 1973, which I thought was pretty good as well. We'll bring him in first. John, how are you?
1: Good. Everything hurts. Good. Since 30 was that many years ago, you know.
0: Good, good. You're still pressing those buttons, though.
1: That's right. With my arthritic fingers.
2: And you're pretty good producing this podcast too No (laughs) kidding (laughs) I learned something new from this podcast
0: every day I didn't realize John was that old We're 50 seconds into this thing I'm just getting tired of Rashad always answering the the question of Hey, how are things going? Oh, depends
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: Matt's full of jokes How you doing, boys? Good, what's going on? How's everybody been? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I've been watching Cole Caulfield score overtime winners in back-to-back games. Like Gretzky. This is fantastic. I did not know that stat. Will you repeat that stat? Again, I learn something new every day listening to this podcast.
0: So two things about this that you would never believe right out of the gate. And Rashad, what do you think of this? Cole Cole, Cole Caulfield now has as many credited regular season overtime goals as Wayne Gretzky.
1: Wow two
0: Wayne Gretzky only had two regular season overtime goals in his career Wow and Cole Caulfield has done that in two games it's unbelievable
2: stat yeah it really is <laughs> yeah now two reasons. The Oilers didn't need overtime a lot back in the <laughs> right. day. Yeah, yes. that's true. When you're right? beating everybody 9-3, <laughs> sure.
1: I guess that's... <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: They don't really go to overtime when 7-2 games.
1: but
2: <laughs> And uh,
0: the rules were a little bit different back in the day, too, I'm sure. So Still, at any time. Let's put that on the back of his of his upper deck card. Right? Right, right there, just like that.
2: Whoa. Whoa. The alert on my phone just went off board. Did he score again? Uh, no, I wish. <laughs> uh, I wish. So that's what I've been watching. Cole Caulfield. Yeah. Overtime winner. Beautiful goal in Toronto, too.
0: He's Beautiful. got a shot. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. really got a shot. And what's amazing is, is his size. He's able to create that space for himself. Like that—that that one goal, the second one of the two, um, when he moves in, he makes the move at the blue line, creates some space, kind of in right in that funnel area, and just lets one go, post it in. It's a beautiful shot for you know a, a guy that's been in the league 15 years, let alone two games. Right? That's a pro shot. Yeah. So I'm watching Cole Caulfield
2: score goals. Rashad, are you watching 90 Day Fiance? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, we're
1: uh, we're knees deep in the 90 Day Fiance franchise.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really are 103, aren't you? <laughs> do they put those out on DVD? Do actually, they put anything out on DVD anymore? By the way,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're out on DVD. Uh, they now have uh, Discovery Plus a streaming service in the states, so you can actually see uncensored 90 Day Fiance. Oh There's my! Swearing uncensored. and everything.
0: Wow. Is it just swearing? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the everything part? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just uh, swearing. All right. All right, wow, what's the
0: last DVD you guys bought?
1: Ooh. Uh, since we're Potter. on
0: the topic, I
2: bought my kids' uh Harry Potter series. Okay. okay. so have you guys even seen Harry Potter?
0: No. No, yeah, my kids, my kids now know what Harry Potter is. So I'm like, oh, now I got to figure out what this is all about. They're on the stairs good. yelling down to each other, "Harry Potter, it's bedtime," or some yes. stupid thing. I'm like, what is this? I, I don't want to have to learn about this. My, I've gone almost forty years all right with my life, not knowing a single thing about Harry Potter. But here I go. Every kid, I think, speaks British after watching. Oh, Harry absolutely, Potter. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. my, my two girls do that. Crosley's a bit British, <laughs> <He'd be> Crosley. <laughs> Don't be cross, Crosley.
1: What about you, (laughs) Rashad? Have you seen Harry Potter? Uh, Yeah, I've seen a few of them, actually, because um, a good friend of mine is a huge Harry Potter fan, and it just so happened she had come to visit a couple of different times when the movies were out. So I've actually seen a couple of them in IMAX. I didn't know what the hell was happening, but uh, it was exciting.
0: Visually would be pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, oh, as far as the last DVD, um, I happened to see Back to the Future Trilogy in a discount bin at like Walmart or somewhere like that. And I picked that up. So that's my most recent uh, DVD purchase. That's a classic. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good, fun, rainy day, Sunday afternoon kind of a trilogy.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, that's those are great because they could just play and you can you know do some work around the house or just kind of lie around and, and you still you know you still get caught up on it. So so we recommended Draft Day last week. Yeah, we recommend
2: Back to the Future, Harry Potter. Sure, sure. And uh, I was talking to uh, Kiefer from work. Yeah. And he hasn't watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, really? So that's another classic that I told him to watch. I have that on DVD, actually. There's
0: there's always movies out there that, like the biggest movies ever, that you've just never seen. And I'm trying to think, like I've never seen any, and this is going to be quite the revelation. I've never seen any of the Godfather movies. What? Me neither. What? never seen them the God, so here's the thing for here's the thing for me i used to back in the day tell people that i had because i didn't want to be singled out for not having seen it and then i realized that just I've just never seen it. So, what am I trying to do? The series is right there. I know. It's a, Manny's got the, the is that the Canada Russia DVD? Yes. Yeah. 72 the series. Oceans yeah. uh, 12, 11, 12. 11, 12, and 12, 13. My glasses are working great today. The Jason Bourne collection and The Godfather. Sitting never right seen here. it. The Godfather's excellent. Like, make oh, him an offer. He can't refuse. I don't doubt it. I, I don't doubt it. it's an excellent movie. I've, just, I, I've never sat down and watched them.
1: You know, it's funny. You... Uh, just a few weeks ago, someone said when I was writing a commercial, that's what I do in my job. Someone said, I want a commercial that's a play on The Godfather. So I had to sit down on YouTube Godfather quotes for about 20 minutes and put together a script because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I would love to do that.
0: Why, why is the line in this commercial, I can't handle the truth? <laughs> <laughs> that's not thats not The Godfather. Wrong movie. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, wrong, uh, wrong movie. Working, working on a lot of different things here.
2: <laughs> so, Rashad, Uh, You just told everybody that you watch movies for your job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) <laughs> that's almost as good as watching sports for that's your the, job yeah that's the uncensored uh, 90 day fiance i wonder if there's any lines <laughs> i can pull from this one. Uh, now is all of this better than the most exciting
2: two minutes of sports what did you guys think of the kentucky derby i don't know
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> my favorite day of the year i don't i have no recollection of that race unfortunately <laughs> well here is how the finish sounded as they make their way to the top of the stretch! Medina Spirit and Mandalooners are stride for stride. Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality closing on the outside. The four of them come into the final furlong. Mandaloon fighting for the front. Medina Spirit battles on. Hot Rod Charlie on the outside. Essential
1: Quality on the far outside. The four of them coming to the finish in the Kentucky Derby. Here's the wire. Bob Beffert does it again. Medina Spirit has won the Kentucky Derby.
2: And your friend, I know Bob Bafford. a record now. The winning
0: trainer, number seven, with Medina Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I watched the race again uh, the next day <laughs> 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 for the first time, and, uh, and the horse ran a real good race. It was he. He ran a, a strong race. Uh, I, it was one of those like uh, to translate it backwards i was I was almost thinking of the like did essential quality lose that race, or did Medina Spirit and everybody else kind of win that race? And essential quality was terrible from from the uh, the, the the replay of it.
1: And by the way, our guest from the OT last week, uh, Aaron Halterman of RacingDudes.com, he almost nailed the race. Uh, He had Essential Quality winning, and he finished fourth. But Aaron did say to watch out for Medina Spirit and Hot Rod Charlie, and uh, those horses finished first and third, respectively.
0: Yeah, like uh, RacingDudes.com, and especially you get Aaron on, like Aaron, the vice president, CEO, the the head uh, handicapper, lead handicapper, director of horsing. all oh, that like he's not all the time. This is his full time job, guys. Like he's not goofing around. If you if you need advice on the next race, RacingDudes.com. If you missed the episode, go back and listen. It was a great discussion
2: about the horses, but about the Kentucky Derby uh as a whole Mm -hmm. we got some great feedback on social media and by email on the episode too
1: that's right joey emailed and asked us how we did with our bets so i don't know if matt remembers his or not but uh, how did you guys do
0: (laughs) i went back and checked so i i didn't win any derby bets um i had won on the oaks race before um, but uh, but that was it. I was. And I, you won those, right? Yeah, I had yeah, won a couple yeah. of those uh, yeah. earlier on. So I I think at some point I probably end up right around even um, from the other wins the the other wins that I had had. But um, I did not have the uh, the derby in that one. So
2: for me, I did win some money. So um, in this app, I took some long shots, or the the long shots were picked for me in this app in this pinata pick. <laughs> yes, and uh, didn't didn't bear, didn't win those. I went with my boy Hot Rod Charlie. I placed yep. him to win, and to show, so we did show. But at the very end, when they put up the spat stat on NBC about uh, how Medina Spirit had not lost yet, he finished. Mm. He had finished first, third, or or second, or third. He was always right, in the top in, three in, every, three, in yeah. every race. I said, okay, yeah. I'm picking him to win and to show. Okay. And I got some money from that. There you so. go. you nice. In the end, it worked out, Rashad.
1: How about you? Yeah, I did well, actually. Uh, my pinata pick on the same website, um, Medina Spirit. I got Medina Spirit to win as my pinata oh. pick. Oh! <laughs> so Wow! Uh, so did that, you really? Yeah, and then I also picked uh, Hot Rod Charlie to show as well. So I uh, I made several. You double dipped. Wow! Yeah I, uh, yeah, I did. So in total, I bet twenty dollars and I came out with forty seven.
2: As a profit, that's yeah. all right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So twenty seven dollar profit.
2: We're going to host, you're going to be the host of That's the so betting right. for
0: future yeah. consideration. The assistant director of hosting
1: <laughs> or uh, horsing, a horsing, I should horse. say, and hosting. And hosting. And yeah, both. yeah, you're all Yeah.
0: Wow, nicely done. Good yeah. job, Rashad. No, bad sign.
1: So, so now you know I'm hooked, right? I'm going to be betting on everything now.
0: Oh, uh-huh. well, now you know it all. Those, those, those pinata picks will kill you. Eh? I, I, when I was sitting there, I thought, man, he dropped about $40 on pinata picks and got the same bottom four horses the whole time. I did. Is it everyone terrible. Gonna,
1: is everyone out there going to know what a pinata pick is? Is that a popular thing? You
0: guys end up with Hot Rod Charlie. I had three-legged Charlie is what I got.
1: <laughs> I had a horse that wasn't even
0: racing. <laughs> How did you have last year's winner? So
2: the Pinata Pick is, uh, uh, depending on which app you use, it may be called something else on other apps, but on Sports Interaction, it's a Pinata Pick, which allows you to bet on the Pinata Pick. You don't know what horse they'll pick for you, but they give you tremendous odds. It's like rolling the dice or spinning the wheel, and then it spits out a horse for you at... 17 to 1 odds or something
0: right, like that. Right. And it doesn't matter where the horse is is labeled. So I mean if you get the horse in last place that's fifty to one, you only win 17 to 1. If you get the favorite who's two to one, you still get 17 to 1. So that's a great pull for Rashad. Yeah, which happened to Rashad. Yeah. So you're buying the next few rounds Nicely any done. anytime we can see each other ever again.
2: All
1: right. So. Sounds good. And um if you have any uh, lines on how you did um, with betting for the Derby or any uh, feedback or show ideas or any of those types of things, you can always email us uh, for future considerations at gmail.com.
2: Yeah, yeah, thanks for thanks for Joy to get for that question too. I Appreciate that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and hop on social media as well. Man, you're missing out if you don't follow us on social media. Like we find out what happens before anybody else. <laughs> it's it's starting to get to that point where I'm hitting refresh on our on on our podcast, on our Instagram and Twitter and and all that uh, on Facebook, and then I'll see us post something, and then like forty seconds later, TSN steals it. I don't know how they do how it. How they Bye. do that. <laughs> podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and for future considerations on Facebook.
1: And uh, speaking of all that feedback on social media, uh, we'll discuss some of it on the show uh, with some great rapid fire questions, but uh, we'll also talk about Aaron Rodgers in the NFL draft. But first we want to talk about what everyone is talking about today. The Tom Wilson episode against the Rangers on Monday night. Aaron down low from Rich Damage. He was tied up. Van Rinsdijk with a terrific play on Bucznewicz. Now they're pounding Buciewicz on the ice. Now Wilson. Wilson's throwing punches. Now, uh, he, he went after I think Bucinavich. Oh boy. Now Wilson. Oh, uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, Panarin. What is Wilson doing? So, Wilson has avoided a suspension and was only fined $5,000 for his punch to Buchnevich and threw throwing Panarin down to the ice. Do you agree with the NHL or does he deserve more?
0: Yeah, like you're out of your mind if you agree with the NHL on this. This is maybe the most one sided, I can't believe that that's what they've settled on call in. In sus- in sports suspension history, like it, it's getting up there. Tom Wilson, just to to paint a picture, five thousand dollar fine. He makes one point one million dollars a year. How so, dumb is that, though? Before you get going, yeah, five thousand is
2: the most allowed under the CBA, the which most. is like the players' union won out there, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what's five thousand dollars to Tom Wilson?
0: Absolutely nothing. It's that basically it's like point zero zero five percent of his salary. <laughs> I worked it out for my my own salary. That would be like finding me two hundred dollars. Is what you basically cost that guy? Wow! Like, and then you look at everything else that the league has done just this year. League has handed out fines two hundred and one thousand dollars in fines. Twenty nine games suspended total for thirteen players. Curtis Gabriel, a good friend of ours, Bob Bugner. Bob Bugner gets fined $5,000 because Curtis Gabriel cross-checked a guy in a warm-up and then they fought right at the beginning of the game. That happened this year. That was a $5,000 fine. Which was worse. Jared McCann got uh, uh, fined $10,000 for elbowing earlier in the year. Chandler Stevenson got suspended three games for elbowing. That in a salary give up is $71,000 for a three-game suspension. There's others, two games, $12,000 in salary. And and you gave this guy who we talked about on the show before of getting higher suspensions than necessary because of his reputation, the lowest possible thing you could give him for a guy who's injured, who is going to miss the rest of the season, and for absolutely no reason whatsoever. You have to ragdoll somebody like that. I can't believe the league can justify this, and I don't
2: like George Peros may lose his job over this, even though I don't think it's, I think he's just a puppet. I think the NHL is pulling the strings and Peros is the one to deliver the news. But, uh, I, I found it interesting that the Rangers released a statement on Tuesday. Uh, and at the end of it, it said, um, We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. The Rangers are looking for blood because Panarin is out for the rest of the year and he's one of the star players. And that's what gets me, okay? The league has come out with these new rules and let's not mince words. They're out here to protect their star players. Mm -hmm. And in an incident... Where a star player was not protected, they didn't give out dole out a penalty at all. No, it boggles my mind. And Panarin plays for the Rangers, a key market for the NHL mm-hmm. as far as broadcast and television and fan rights, uh, all that stuff. It it just boggles my mind. And we're talking about Tom Wilson, a guy who's been fined three times before, suspended five times before. Yeah. Seven games earlier this season, twenty games back in twenty eighteen. This guy's a repeat of feather. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me he wasn't trying to punch Buchnevich in the back of the head? Like I I I was on social media too on Tuesday and somebody was trying to tell me that you know Panarin jumped on his back. Right? Okay, and Wilson doesn't know who jumps on his back. Ooh, sure. Right? So he throws him down onto the ice. And yes, Wilson is stronger than Panarin. Mm -hmm. But he started everything. Yeah. Panarin wouldn't be jumping on anybody or that whole melee would not have happened if Tom Wilson did not lose his mind and punch Buchnevich
0: in the back of the head. And he was aiming for the head. You don't punch a guy in the back. No. You punch him in the head. Yeah. You're not going to give him a, a real quick spine shot. Like, stop. Especially when he's down like that, he's turtled. He's at the side of the net. It's a big crowd. The skates are all in, over there. People are losing their balance. You know, like you're forcing the guy's head to the ground. Oh, it was—it's inconceivable that that this is how that that suspension is going to rest.
1: Hey, ESPN, here's your new league you just bought into for how many years? <laughs> it's a terrible look yeah. for
0: the league. Oh, yeah, it's a terrible look.
1: Yeah, and uh, check out these comments from a uh, former NHL tough guy, John Scott. It was a gutless move on his part, throwing around Panarin and punching Bushnevich in the face when he was on the ground in a prone position. Just gutless, terrible hockey. I was saying how you know much I used to respect Tom Wilson. He plays the game the way I like it to be played. He's physical. He hits. He plays on the edge. That's what I love about him. And I, I think he crossed the line this time. And then I just get the news that he, could, he, he gets find $5,000? Like, what What on earth is happening with the NHL right now? George Peros completely dropped not only the ball, he dropped everything. Dropped his drawers, dropped everything. So, so many comments on our Facebook and Twitter about this topic, including uh, from Bob, who suggested that someone from the Rangers may take out the Capitals' best players. Do you guys think we're going to see that, some frontier justice uh, when they play again?
2: This may be what the league is coming to, because before... You had a prober, you had a kosher, Mm -hmm. you had a domi to police these things. And maybe Tom Wilson doesn't do it. Maybe Tom Wilson doesn't do it against the Vegas Golden Knights because of their enforcer Mm -hmm. on the other side of the the ice, right? For sure. But against the Rangers, they traded away Lemieux. Um, uh, There was another enforcer that they had that they no longer have. They're not
0: overly tough,
2: right? For sure. So what
0: do the Rangers do? If
2: they're really pissed off at losing Panarin... An eye for an eye, quote unquote.
0: Yeah, they're they're going to have to end up policing themselves. And, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see the next time they play each other. If Tom Wilson's in the lineup, where they put him in the lineup and who's out there to start. Because this to me is the comparison of, you know, you throw at my guy, I'm going to have to throw at your guy. Yeah, somebody's going to have to do it. Somebody's going to have to take a beating from the New York Rangers. From one of the tough guys from the Washington Capitals, or start something and get in that mix. It it has to happen now. But who's to say the Rangers won't go after Kuznetsov or well, of course not.
2: or Ovechkin yeah, for that? Of matter, course not. Right? Like they don't have a Ryan Reeves. They don't have a Curtis yeah. Gabriel. Like so. If you hurt our best guy, we're going to hurt
0: your best guy. Yeah. And because the league is not doing anything about it, the players have to take it into their hands. And that guy should definitely only be fined $5,000, right? He's not going to get a couple of games yeah, suspension. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah.
1: And now it's time for our Play of the Week. Can you believe what we just saw? This is
0: incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goofball. Unbelievable.
2: And it's brought to you by London Awnings. If you need an awning for your home or your patio, visit Christina and Dennis at London Awnings. Quality that shows.
0: Yeah. And again, we put four options up on social media. We do a Twitter poll at Podcast FFC. You guys get a chance to see the videos. Vote on which one you want. And we're going to do that every week, so please uh, stay tuned again to, to the uh, the Twitter feed. You can see those videos, and you can vote. Rashad, who do we got this time around?
1: Another beautiful goal by a former Windsor Spitfire. Now Fowler holds at the line. Minute five to go in the game. Fowler finds a little opening, brings it to the slot, toe drags it, scores! Oh, what a move! What a goal by Cam Fowler!
2: Great goal by Cam Fowler. Only
0: played one year in the OHL with mm-hmm. Windsor, but... He's had a pretty good year for the Ducks. He has, and they're struggling, and they have struggled most of the year. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup as well, but uh, obviously showing that he's still got it uh, with uh, with a move like that. And again, look for those look for our plays of the week for your
2: chance to pick the winner among the top candidates every Monday at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram.
1: And now let's talk about football in the NFL draft. Julie listened and emailed and pointed out that while you guys were entertaining, you didn't do so well in your predictive <laughs> draft last week. Only three out of 12 picks were perfect.
0: Easy, Julie. Yeah, listen, Julie, no one said we knew what we were talking about. I'll take the entertaining. That's that's great. Yeah, thanks, Julie, for that. That was fantastic. <laughs> that's like reading your employee critique of uh, oh, Matt arrives on time, does very little work when he's here, isn't disliked by his coworkers. Yeah, but I'm on time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Uh-huh. I'll take yeah, that. That was entertaining, though.
2: <laughs> sure, we only nailed three out of the first 12 picks in a predictive moth right perfectly but 10 of the 12 guys that we picked did go in the first 12 spots for sure
0: so that's something I think that's huge Right? We probably did better than some of the teams in the draft who took the kicker in the fifth round. You're telling me that, that those people know more about football than us? How excited was Rich Eisen when they picked a kicker in the fifth <laughs> round of, of the, the draft? That one, that had to be the highlight of the draft. When Rich Eisen is doing play-by-play of kicking highlights, asking for more. Look at that one. That one went right down the middle. He wasn't even looking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was great what a a great broadcast what a a great bit that was
2: you had a trade in the first round there were actually two trades in the first round so
1: we weren't that far off for shot that's right i think in five years when all this shakes out you guys are going to look like geniuses
0: we're going to have picked the three guys that are the most productive i think is the most
1: important part (laughs) that's right
0: there's going to be some holes in there
1: Uh, So who would you say won and lost in the draft overall? Your Lions
0: did pretty good, I thought. The Lions did all right. Your Eagles did pretty good as well. Devontae Smith,
2: Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, They took a bit of a gamble in the second round, getting um, an oft-injured offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. But
0: he had a first-round grade. If he can stay healthy... It's going to look great, and that seemed to be the trend. It, it, from what I was reading about the draft afterwards, is second round, and teams are starting to do this a little bit more. I guess, and the, the Colts did the same thing. You're taking a guy in the second round that's that's first round talent that's got some injury history, but normally you're you see those guys kind of trickle into the third or fourth round. Teams are now starting to jump on some of these guys and, and keep their fingers crossed.
2: Because if you hit, it's then huge, you, then you get huge. So. You take a bigger risk for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, I think you see teams swinging for the fences now, and I don't mind that because in the grand scheme of thing, a draft is a projection, yeah. right? Yeah, of talent. They're not superstars right away, but some kids you get and you hit on them. Some kids you miss. You hopefully hit on more than you miss, and I, I like what the Eagles did. I like what the bear. I like what the Bears did, getting Justin yeah, Fields trading yep. up. They had to make that trade. For I like sure. what the Jets did. They um, they re traded back into the first round uh-huh. to get an offensive lineman yeah. to protect
0: their. Their new toy, That's Zach right. Wilson, the quarterback, so I like that. The Browns did well also yeah. with a couple of uh, of deeper picks uh for them. It yeah, it seems like there's uh you know, there's a couple of teams in, in that list that had to make some moves and, and did to jump up and and seem to have uh, have grabbed some some noticeable guys for
1: sure. And stealing some of the spotlight from the draft, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Uh, reports suggest this week that uh, the star quarterback maybe wants his GM fired or he wants out of Green Bay. Do you guys think Aaron Rodgers has played his last game in Green Bay?
0: Um, to answer that question, no. Um, as a sidebar, I think at this point, you have to put the Green Bay Packers as the most embarrassing franchise in the NFL. Ooh, over Houston? Everyone. Everyone. Really? You cannot keep a MVP. You couldn't keep a first-time MVP Hall of Famer happy in Brett Favre. Then you did the same thing where you drafted a quarterback to kind of learn under Brett Favre. It just so happens that it was Aaron Rodgers. You've done it again. And countless times, and this is where Aaron Rodgers comes up with his frustration, is that he's not getting the support that he needs as far as weapons are concerned, in the wide receiver tight ends through the draft. Since 2005, the Packers have drafted four wide receivers in the first two rounds, and they've drafted two quarterbacks. (laughs) And neither of them are Aaron... Like, this is in Aaron Rodgers' time. So in Aaron Rodgers' time, they've drafted four wide receivers in the first two rounds, and they've drafted two quarterbacks. It's terrible. How is that... Makes sense. Yes, you got an Eddie Lacy in the second round as a a running back. It's you, you know you you got a couple of running backs in there. It didn't really accomplish much as far as those first two rounds in the draft. A lot of those guys aren't there anymore, or have left, or didn't pan out, or whatever it is. But the Green Bay Packers to me have always been the bridesmaid. Because Aaron Rodgers does not have a handful of rings. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a very highly thought of quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. There's no question about that. Some will say that he's probably the best quarterback in Green Bay Packer history, which is to say a lot for having had uh, Brett Favre in there. Ooh, that's a big hot take. Who do you think is more popular in Green Bay, Brett Favre or Rodgers? I think Rodgers. I think it's fire. I think Rodgers. But you've got to... You but at the end of the day, he's got one championship ring. You make great
2: points. He's got one. Like, this is just Aaron Rodgers being repeatedly slapped in the face, and he's saying enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very calculative um, to release his, his team, at least. Maybe not him, but his team to release his unhappiness, On the eve of the draft. For sure. Because just last year, the Packers drafted Jordan Love, his heir apparent apparently, without giving Rodgers the courtesy of a heads up. Mm -hmm. Like he deserves that courtesy. Like he's been that good to you. you. That's one slap. The second slap is what you said. All the the lack of weapons that they've given him over his time. Mm -hmm. The third slap is his contract. He's got three years remaining, no guaranteed money left on this contract, none. So that's why I think the Packers sort of sat there and said, okay, We'll give Rodgers one more year. He doesn't have any guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. We can cut him and start Jordan Love. Yeah. But what did Rodgers do? He went out and played his balls off last year, was MVP, and it ruined the Packers' plans, so to speak,
0: quote unquote. And that's now two quarterbacks. That have done that. You had to have Brett Favre retire. Now, he's come out afterwards and said that you know, he takes the blame for it. I, I think that's just him saving face because he's not said the smartest things since he's retired, but it, him taking the blame for that. He basically had to retire and then go play again for like another three years, two other different teams, making the playoffs, getting, getting deep in the playoffs with, with the Vikings. And you're doing the same thing to Aaron Rodgers. Like, it, it's not even deja vu. It's the same thing. It's the exact same. To an, again, elite, one-of-a-kind, top-three quarterback in their era, their playing time, again. And, and you know, if you're Jordan Love or if you're some of these other guys that are, are coming up through that system, like, what do you think Devontae Adams is saying about about the way the Packers are, are treating their quarterback and their franchise players? Like, you couldn't possibly be interested in playing for an organization that is— very, very obviously, not doing anything to support the most important important person in that franchise. Like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays for them next year. I think he holds out, demands a trade,
2: which he already has, mm-hmm. um, retires, or go
0: host Jeopardy. Yeah, I don't think he plays for them next year. And did you hear Terry Bradshaw? No. Oh, Terry Bradshaw was ripping Aaron Rodgers about it. Really? Yeah. Let me for find not it. being a team guy. For for I think he, I don't know what to put uh, the word in there. I thought he called him soft or something like that. Uh, let me find. it. Is here. it because he did this exactly to Brett Favre
2: and it's repeating itself or
0: called him weak? So this shows that he is uh, he's been weak the way that he's handling this. Wow. Yeah.
2: John, would you categorize Aaron Rodgers as weak?
1: Not at all. I think it's very calculated. I think it's brilliant is what it is. I totally agree with you, John. I could not agree with you more.
0: Are you ready?
1: and now it's time for rapid fire guys let's start with the ohl now is as good a time as any to talk about our upcoming show this week In the ot we will talk about a showcase tournament being organized for draft eligible players organized by some of the players themselves so stay tuned for that but guys the ohl is holding a snake draft lottery on wednesday before the actual draft in june what do you guys think of that
0: it's the only way to do it, I guess. You know, and what is the you you'll know this better than I will, Manny. What is the the calculation from it? Like is it what's it based off of? The like the lottery is literally just Everybody 1 has 20? the same odds. Okay, Everybody has the same odds. I know they were talking about or I'd read something somewhere that they were doing like winning percentage over the last three years or something like that that, that somebody had thrown that around I think on, on Twitter. They probably do follow us. That's why we saw it on the <laughs> podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. But um, I know everybody's um, excited for the London Knights to get the first overall yeah. pick. A Kitchener or 2. Is that. that what it's going to go? Yeah, Kitchener 2? Yeah. yeah. But I
2: don't know if I would want the number one pick. I, I think this was the only way to go too. And I like the idea of a snake lottery too. Yep. Um, you and I do it for fantasy yep. sports. Rashad too. Everybody else who's listening does this fantasy draft. So if you pick first overall mm-hmm. in a twenty-team league, you've got to wait a long time for your next pick. Yeah. So I don't
0: know if I want the first overall. No, you're pick. actually in a better spot, like twelfth. Right? Really? In Somewhere those kind in of the picks.
2: middle. It's funny. I looked at uh, uh, the Spitfires the last time because we're in Windsor. The last mm-hmm. time they picked first overall was 1976. Wow. But they've gotten some other pretty good players at number two. They got Jovo Kop, Jovanovsky, yeah. Taylor Hall. Yep. Gabriel Velarde, who had a great play last mm-hmm. week. The Owen Sound Attack, another team that we have followed. They've never had the first overall pick, but look at some of the guys. Adam Mayer, Bobby Ryan at number seven. Yeah. Nick Suzuki at 14. Josh Bailey at 19. Yeah. So you can get some really good players without getting the top overall seed. So if London gets the number one seed,
0: I'm okay with that.
2: The bigger question is, is how many teams have actually done their homework this year?
0: Uh, that's what we're going to find out. Because, and we, we've we said this with Brock Otten, who was on our, our show uh, as well. Uh, and we discussed it with Andrew Parrott as well. Um, this is, you know, when you get into those first 10 i think everybody would have a good idea of who you know that caliber is probably that first round that second round third round is where things are going to get fishy for some teams real fast and you know for some of them funny enough if you're going in as you know the 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 what would be 40 and 40 first pick you got two picks back to back you're not really sure where you're going you go 0 for two in there somehow now your your draft completely flops again you ruins your future yeah absolutely
1: we also had a lot of comments on our social media post about a call against milwaukee pitcher Zach Godley it was called for an error blocking the base runner um we had some discussion on that some people agreed with the call and some didn't uh, what are your takes?
2: Well, Rashad, you had some pretty good takes. You were going back and forth <laughs> with an actual umpire on Facebook.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's right. I thought he did step in the base path ever so briefly. I thought he did step inside the base
2: path. And I thought the umpire's got to take that into account mm-hmm. when making the decision if the pitcher is blocking. But uh, Terry, the umpire, who was mm-hmm. on our Facebook, seed, or our Facebook feed, said so the base runner has that right of way he has the choice to yep. run inside or outside the baseline so the so the pitcher by definition blocked the base runner i don't like the call though like use some common sense there
0: yeah to me the call is is only done in one way if that is a bang bang play at first base in the end then you make that call and you rule pitcher interference or player interference or whatever it is that wasn't a bang-bang play. If he's running straight through, he started slowing down before the pitcher even got to the ball, whether that was because he felt like he had to step aside or whatever it is. He wasn't at full speed at that point in the run anyways. There's I don't don't paint a scenario that that guy ends up being safe on a normal play. Number 2, just run him over then. Right. Run him over. Right. If that's your base path, run him over but he couldn't because he wasn't that close. No. <laughs> it's he a terrible wasn't. call. And and the fact that that's not something that we can review again and we we go back to this it's uh, it's time for Matt to complain about his favorite sport.
1: <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm going to make an intro.
0: <laughs> I don't, da, 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 da. Here's the thing. The pro, the thing that you that that's not a reviewable play or something that you can challenge doesn't make any sense to me at all. And the umpire, right away, Craig Council comes out and disputes it, and right away, the, the umpire's got his arms crossed, and he's standing up, and I thought he was going to throw him out. And in, in that scenario, you play that scenario out, the umpire makes a very questionable call that the team cannot challenge. The manager comes out to confront him. The umpire then gets to throw the manager out of the game, and what happens to the umpire? Nothing. The umpire goes back to first base. I was waiting for you to take this take because I think it's a great take. It's ridiculous. Like if the umpire makes a bad call, there has to be repercussions for them. Yes, and this is this is far beyond. Oh, he doesn't get to umpire in the World Series. No, the, the, he should have to. You know, there he should, should be, be fined five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> there should be like okay, you you know, uh, depending on the severity of it, you're you know you're off this weekend. Sorry. Like, that's not the right call. And then to, for somebody to come out and argue it and for you to throw him out of the game, you know, the the umpire we talk about is baseball soft. I think the umpires are the softest position on a baseball field or maybe in sports because you, you argue with an NHL referee. They don't throw you out. The NFL referees, they don't throw you out unless you hit them. <laughs> Right. Unless you headbutt them, they'll throw you out of the game. The baseball ones, you could be sitting in the dugout just yelling and get thrown out of the game. So and true. nothing happens. So true. Angel Angel Hernandez, who's, you know, Jim Joyce, who's up there as well for, for all those umpires. And Angel Hernandez, you have to get on a ladder sometimes to be in the strike zone <laughs> if he gets thrown to something. He doesn't even look. There are video. He just points to the dugout and throws somebody out. He doesn't even know who he threw out. Somebody said, somebody said I'm bad. <laughs> You're out of here. It's, it doesn't make oh, any here sense. Here comes
2: the voice again.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. The crying voice.
1: Yeah. Oh, he said it was a bad umpire. <laughs> Well, one thing, it's funny, because Kerry Fraser, everyone thought he was such a great referee, and I was never that big a fan of him, but one thing I do remember very often, if somebody got in his face and was chirping him about a bad call, I remember he would let them go for a while, and you could read his lips. Do you want two, or do you want four? And then that would shut it up, and that would be the end of it, but yeah, he never threw anyone out.
0: No, you know, the NBA, the NBA is, is right up there as far as the the, the throwing guys out. You got guys that, you know, in in basketball, there's never actually been a foul committed in a basketball game in the history of the sport. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, me, what, me, me? But there have been times where, <laughs> legit, the guy has put his arms up in the air and said, who me? And gotten ejected from the game. So <laughs> they, they are probably up there. But the baseball umpires, for me, it's, it, there's there's you talk about no protection for, for the star players in, in the NHL. and It's no comparison. It's just bringing it all full circle. The, the umpires of Major League Baseball, I've never come across a scenario that an umpire has really been penalized where I was like, okay, that's fair. That makes sense. You know, you got the NHL guy who just got <laughs> lost his job yeah, lost for calling job. A, a fake call in the uh, in the Wings-Nashville uh, game. <laughs> a whole Major League Baseball umpires are just walking around and, oh, you're gone. You said it was ugly and I couldn't read good. And I love how all umpires defend every other umpire. Oh, ever. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just wait till the robots come, boys. <laughs> robots don't have feelings. Oh, no.
1: And uh, Roberto Alomar in baseball, his name has become a disgrace, obviously. After an investigation into an alleged sexual misconduct allegation, he lost his job with Major League Baseball and the Toronto Blue Jays, who are also removing his name from the level of excellence. Uh, Alomar also resigned from the Hall of Fame board. But guys, uh, should this plaque be removed from the Hall?
2: That's a tough one. That is a tough one. That's very tough because... As the Hall has said in its statements over the last week, he was in good standing when he was elected into the Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not a criminal investigation. Mm -hmm. We live in a society that you're innocent until proven guilty. Now, apparently this investigation by a law firm has determined that there was misconduct there. Mm -hmm. But there is not a criminal element to this.
0: Yeah, that's that's it for me i mean you know it's it's uh, again it's allegations there aren't criminal charges are there major league baseball players in the hall of fame right now that if if we're going down the line the line of shady people like you know that have committed these types of of thing not this type of act but criminal activity or what and probably you know but it's it's a very, very slippery slope. Sparks the argument again,
2: though. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. If, if Roberto Alomar can be in the Hall, can yep. Pete Rose be in the Hall?
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. If you're going to judge one one way, you have to judge the other the same way because Pete Rose, it was outside the field of play technically, and his stats are there. Everything else is there.
2: And you you can make an ar- a tremendous argument. I'll make the argument that what he did is not as bad as the allegation against Roberto Alamar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no that's that's fair. No, it's that's a tough that's a tough decision. I mean, I know just from the stories that, that you hear back in the day of of Ty Cobb uh, and some of these other guys that are in there, and Rogers Hornsby. They always used to say was part of the KKK, right? You know, like there, there, there's some interesting characters to say the least that are in there from way back in the day. This is obviously the most current uh, and and most, I guess, um, for for anybody of this generation, relatable. Uh, character in in Roberto Alomar, but yeah, with with uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, the teams that he represented in the positions that he was in moved swiftly. This one, I think, is a little more time to it that they they have to make a decision.
1: And on a more positive note, did you guys see the story about the guy who tweeted at the Arizona Diamondbacks to look for his roommate who was on a date at the, at the game, and they found him, and it became a total social media frenzy. <laughs>
0: I thought it that was, was great. It was unbelievable. I thought that was
2: so good. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that to you guys, though. Like,
0: I don't think you'd care. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not.
1: <laughs>
0: no. It's, it was what a what a great story, and, and just it was a terrible game. And the, I think everything just worked out perfectly. They were able to find him. They put him on the Jumbotron. They tweeted about it. Gave they, them baseball? Yeah, they mentioned it afterwards that there's going to be a third date. Like, that, uh, that for, for her has probably got to be uh, like, oh, well, I, I guess I have to go again, or the entire internet's going to hate me. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> how can you not be
2: romantic about baseball I'm after that? You. Right? I'm telling Where you. Where would you go for a third date, though? Like, would you go to a private cafe or would you take them to the Arizona to, Cardinals
0: football game? Yeah, or? I back to a D-AX game. Said, you know, these, these are great, but I saw a couple of empty suites up there. I was thinking of bringing my friends John and Manny and their dates. What, what do you got for
1: us? I liked when the team was like, uh, the body language looks good.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Oh, they're gone. We can't find them. <laughs> they're back! <laughs> Exclamation <laughs> points! I just think as as that went along, and I didn't see it happening live, I just saw the story of it afterwards. I can imagine following the Arizona Diamondbacks and just logging into Twitter for the first time and just seeing a, they're back! Tweet, <laughs> like, what the hell is going on here? We're losing 12 to 2. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> the best
2: part of it. Like,
0: whoever runs the social media for the D-backs yep. deserves a raise. How, how great have sports teams' social medias it's been fantastic. Off. Like really, since the Vegas Golden Knights became uh, came on the scene and and became what they were, I think most teams have become much more edgier, they've much more fan friendly, you know, they're talking the good guys, bad guys, they're using emojis and all. I I think it's fantastic. I think it's that's again another way in 2021 to grow your sport. And I think the 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 you know, Vegas Golden Knights of the world, um, you know, the the Flyers and and all of their stuff with gritty I, like that to me is is Just brilliant, brilliant marketing. Just the fact
2: that they first passed it off to the TV uh, broadcaster (laughs) and then they started getting blown out and they're like, "Okay, now we're interested and (laughs) we look forever. And at the end of the game, when they put up the score... They built the graphic Who Cares and showed a picture of the couple. It yeah. <laughs> yep. was brilliant. Yep, yep. Just brilliant.
1: <laughs> and turning out to boxing, Floyd Mayweather is signed to fight Logan Paul on June sixth. I can fight a fighter right now and I could guarantee myself 35 million. Eventually probably make probably fifty million. Just a regular fighter. Or I could me and Logan Paul or a
2: YouTuber. We can go out and entertain and have fun and make
1: nine figures, a 100 million or more. Guys, will you be watching?
0: I'm st- I still don't know what Logan Paul is. <laughs> He's a YouTuber. Uh, yeah, but like I, I I don't know. I can't I can't even get into it. I don't know what it, what he is. I don't know a single s- minute of a reason why I, Matt DuMichel who lives in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, should care Anything about this guy and what he does with his life? Money Mayweather may
2: have had his head knocked around, and he he may have some concussion symptoms, yep. but he may be the smartest man to get this payday <laughs> to fight a guy weird. who's not really a boxer. Yes, Logan Paul is one of few fights, yeah. But Mayweather may be the smartest man to get. How much is he getting from this fight? Like ten mil? Oh, I think or it's something? eleven. Yeah, eleven mil. Yeah, like. This is unbelievable. Uh, he even, might be the smartest guy.
0: Even his talk uh, when when they had announced the the fight. First off, I'm sure Money Mayweather needs this money ag- again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's talking about you know the like, body and mind are first, and you to take care of yourself. But but you're going to give me 11 million to fight a YouTuber? <laughs> I <I'll> take that. <laughs> <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs>
0: but I just, I don't know what this guy is. I don't know why people care. You know, what? and it's funny. One of the people that I always, in the celebrity world, that I was always very intrigued with on on a few levels was Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton, to me, was the first time that I was introduced to somebody that really, truly contributes nothing. But if you ask any person on the street, they are not in the middle about her they are very hot or they are very cold they love her or they hate her and she's literally doing nothing she goes shopping that's what she does and people have very divided intense feelings about these people and i i don't know why i don't know what that comes from i don't know if people think that logan paul's life is better than theirs or why we should care but it, they watch them people watch them you can't you can't deny it I'm going to watch the fight just because I want to see how Mayweather does. Yeah. I'm going to watch this fight. What is Mayweather going to do in this fight? He's going to walk around. (laughs) They're going to, you know, just like he does in most most of his fights. They're not really going to swing at each other, I don't think. I don't think Mayweather's going to lay the guy out in the first round like twenty seconds, which he should be able to. I think Logan Paul's going to try to come after him and make a name for himself. And well, of say, course he is. Logan Paul's got nothing to lose. Yeah, and then Mayweather's going to duck and dive and then just pound yeah. the crap then, out of yeah, him. Yeah, and they're going to have to. They're they're going to call it a, a draw and they're going to do nah. a second one. No, nah. knockout. Oh man, <laughs> you're calling Mayweather knockout or are you calling Logan Paul knockout. Mayweather.
1: <laughs> I was worried there for I a think, second.
0: I think I think <laughs> I was too. I think Manny's got a, a that money's got 11 to fight, and he might have another 20 or something to lay down. Hey, I'm gonna pinata pick the hell out of this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well then, Matt, if that fight doesn't interest you, uh, Chad Ochocinco has signed on to be on the undercard against an undetermined opponent as of right now. Uh-
2: I'll watch that, too. His nickname is Sweet Feet Johnson. <laughs> I'm going to watch that,
0: too. That's terrible. That's, no, I'm not watching this. I'd re- I'm gonna. You know what? I'm going to watch the night that this fight's on. I'm going to watch something a little more relevant in the sport. I'm going to watch Chick Fight with Malin Ackerman and Bella Thor. It came out in 2000 and got great reviews. An underground all-female fight club. But you can watch that tonight. You probably will watch that well, tonight. Actually, it looks pretty good.
1: <laughs> He's watched that every night for the last few weeks. Come on,
0: thirty-nine on the Metascore, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just...
0: <laughs> Alec Baldwin's in it. Oh my. Kevin Connolly, your boy.
2: Yeah, hey, I love Kevin Connolly. We gotta get him on the show.
1: <laughs> there should be a rule: you only watch movies that are fifty or lower.
0: Oh, <laughs> on the <meta> score? Yeah. <laughs> right in that uh. meaty middle. Not not too snooty that the Oscar people like them. Not too bad that it's not just color bars. Right in that 39 to, to 47 range. <laughs> Chick Fight 2020. It's brand new, too. It was out last year. I'm surprised. Did they, Did this come up in the Oscars at all? Did anybody... Oh, nothing above twenty five
2: percent on Rotten Tomatoes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but a very a very comfortable four point six out of ten on IMDb. Okay, almost almost a pass, almost a almost pass. almost. It was filmed in Drummondville. <laughs> there you go, It's Canadian. Look at Matt, the connoisseur now of underground movies. Oh, Chick Fight. Yes, wasn't that filmed in Drummondville? (laughs) (laughs) As he sips on his (laughs) shanty.
1: Well, what do you got planned for this weekend? Well, we're going to do a Dana Carvey movie festival.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: What are you doing after the first two hours?
1: (laughs) Uh, Did you guys see uh, Alex Alex Ovechkin's t-shirt this week? We posted it on social media. So he says pineapple belongs on a pizza. Do you guys agree or disagree?
2: All day, every day. I love
0: myself some pineapple. You so do I. pineapple and
2: ham pizza in front of me,
0: it'll be gone yep. in a heartbeat. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the, the Hawaiian pizza. And I think one of the great things about it is it always ends up kind of near the bottom of the pile, kind of like a, fa- a 4.6 out of 10 in the, in the pizza <laughs> order. But I feel like it's something that people don't like admitting that they actually do like. Because I'll go in there. I'll be the first one to take the pepperoni or the, the, the Hawaiian pizza instead of the pepperoni. I'll take a couple of those. Yeah. And then you notice next time you come back, oh, there's a couple more missing and a couple more missing. And yeah, absolutely. So Love what's,
2: it. what's a Hawaiian pizza for you? Eight out of ten?
0: Uh, I. So I probably wouldn't order one myself. If I'm getting a pizza tonight, I wouldn't primarily order myself a Hawaiian. But I would certainly, if I if there was a... You know, if we're back in, in Owen Sound and Rashad was treating us to a Pizza Hut buffet, I would absolutely have one slice on my plate every time I went around. I'd make it a 7.7 on out of ten for okay. me. Rashad, what about you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like a good Hawaiian pizza.
2: Fun have fact. Have you met a pizza? Have you had a pizza that you
0: didn't like?
1: No, that's a good point. I don't think I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's what is one topping, Rashad, that if it was on pizza, you'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm uh, I'm full.
1: Oh, I really don't like feta. I know people that get feta on pizza okay, and I'm not oh, a big f-
0: they're all snobs. <laughs> oh, it's Silicon Valley snobs like in feta and spinach on a pizza. I don't think I've ever heard Rashad say he's full ever. No, I No, like we're not even being funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he has ever been full. <laughs> how many times so let's let's do like a quick pie chart here how many times have you said I'm full compared to how many times have you said is there any more
1: (laughs) yeah that's true to to chefs
0: at restaurants to Jill (laughs) like this this is
2: a true story they shut down the Pizza Hut buffet in Owen
0: Sound because John shot was going every week yep We'd have to call them on Tuesday, tell them we were coming on Friday so they could make enough pizzas for the week. That
2: only lasted two weeks because they knew after that <laughs> that they had to get
1: the order. <laughs> yeah, they didn't make a lot of money on me at the buffet, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if,
0: if they were to be paying per quota, Rashad would go there and eat about $336 worth of pizza <laughs> every Friday.
1: Oh, and on man. that note, that's our show for today.
0: <laughs> hey, guys, did you know that Malin Ackerman had another movie that came out last year called Friendsgiving? Big year for her. Friendsgiving and Chick Fight. This one, a 4.3 on the uh, out of 10 on, uh, on IMDb. 4.3. So, 4. Yep. Consistent. That's what we're
1: looking for. A solid box office performer.
0: Yep. Right. Just first review. Just an easygoing movie. Nothing to hate. Nothing to love. Just kind of relaxing and mildly fun. The movie wasn't great, but I laughed throughout all the outtakes. Oh my goodness. That's what, that's what you want to see. She was in the TV series Billions. It's an oh, HBO okay. series. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good series. That was with the guy that was in Homeland, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Have you seen that, Rashad? Uh, billions? Yeah. No, I haven't actually. I've seen Homeland, but not Billions. What is that actor's name? It you starts remember? with a
0: D, uh, or maybe the character did in Homeland, but he was the guy Rashad at the very beginning that was, uh, they were, they thought it Jamie Lewis. Damien Lewis, that's it. Oh,
1: right, right, okay. Yeah, that
0: yep. uh, they thought that it flipped right at the Bear games It's a really good series, by the way. Uh,
2: yeah. if, if you have a, a recommendation for a movie or a TV series... I don't, uh, don't know. That's if how I got we started now. That's how we started. That's how we're finishing. Yeah. <laughs> Email us at for future considerations at gmail.com.
0: When are we watching Without Remorse? Oh, I really want to see that. Michael oh, B. I, Jordan's yeah. new movie. I watched that movie, Nobody, um two weeks ago. The one uh, the guys from uh, Better Call Saul or something oh, like yes, that. I don't yes, know. Yes. What a piece of garbage.
1: Really? Oh, oh, I wanted to see that too.
0: It was it was Ugh. it was Terrible? not entertaining at all huh. it, the, the first scene the first line of the movie I was howling right I'm like oh we're off to a great start here and man did it just it was not any it was just ridiculous without even being entertaining oh that sucks yeah
2: damn Well, follow us on social media, too. If you're listening to this podcast, you can reach out to us on social media. Give us your movie or TV show recommendations. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. Or find us on Facebook at For Future Considerations.
0: Yeah, we also want to thank our sponsors on the show for this week. London Awnings, quality that shows. And we also want to thank Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training. He's in without remorse. He actually trained Michael B. Jordan for that movie. Wow. He's a stunt double, too? He's he's a stunt double. From the waist down, he says. Trainer and stunt double.
2: (laughs) (laughs) From the waist down. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're not done yet for this week. No,
0: can you believe it? (laughs) There's more of this to come. We... (laughs) I know you're on the edge of your seat now. Uh, we've got the OT that's coming out on Friday. We're going to welcome back Andrew Parrott, who is going to continue his record of the appearances on the show. He is going to be back talking about a new showcase tournament that he's got set up right now um, with all kinds of NHL draft eligible players from across North America. So he's going to get in some great details on that. And it's a great story and in, in hearing him uh, put together what he could for sure.
1: And I may have a few other topics up my sleeve for you guys as well. Ooh, okay. Excited All about right. that. Maybe we can get Shane on the show
2: too, <laughs> if he's not too busy. Being a stunt double. On that note. Stay tuned for the OT and thanks for listening to for future considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in
1: my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.